I'll be honest right off the bat. I don't have a personal answer to that question. My gut instinct is that I am skeptical that it can. For those of you who have been following previous pieces I have published, you know that I use the terms faith and religion to mean entirely different and antithetical things. The common phrase, organized religion, just seems to fit perfectly with what inevitably happens when a once vibrant faith succumbs to the call to institutionalize itself. So is that the problem? Is faith allergic to formalized structure? In a recent two-part series, we saw how both organized government and religion can, without the proper safeguards, succumb to the allure of power and greed. But when it comes to faith, is there really any way to safeguard it from it devolving into a moldy bureaucracy once institutions are introduced? So I began to tap into my inner propensity to sermonize, and of course came up with three points that all started with the same letter. Each represents realities of institutions that, when introduced to faith, lead me to wonder if it is indeed impossible for the two to exist. Those three P's are power, property, and payroll. I feel like I spent a fair amount of time recently on power, so in this piece I want to briefly focus on property and payroll. Besides, I love how specific and practical they are in the everyday life of religious institutions. When it comes to property, I once drank the Kool-Aid and as a result labored towards improving current church facilities or securing new and improved ones. I and my fellow believers would qualify our zeal with a statement about how we knew that the church is really the people and that this space is just a tool for serving God's purposes in our community. But our relentless commitment to securing the brick-and-mortar instrument of divine mission now makes those words feel just a little disingenuous. How do you guard the ideological purpose of a church, mosque, synagogue, or temple from the eventual obsession with preserving the space as a comfortable couch of the established congregation or as some kind of historical and artistic artifact? According to one 2013 study, the price at the time to build an average-sized church building was close to $3 million. Isn't that effectively storing up for ourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal? Then what about payroll? Man, it is nice to have someone who is paid to make sure that somehow faith stuff happens. Okay, that's perhaps a little unfair and cynical. I was a paid pastor for a good number of years, and I'd like to think that at least some of that time was spent furthering some genuine faith activity and growth. I'm now convinced that a lot of it also just furthered a religious dog and pony show, but not all of it. And what about the challenge of maintaining an environment where spiritual leaders can lead when their livelihood is at stake? How do you avoid self-censuring when a spiritual leader knows that his or her conviction might lead the board to reconsider cutting their next paycheck? When you combine these two, property and payroll, or a parish and its priest, a church and its pastor, a mosque and its imam, or a synagogue and its rabbi, you have, essentially, the identity of a religious community. Conversely, when you do not have these, you have, in the mind of most congregants, the death of a parish, church, mosque, or synagogue. No wonder members of a religious institution, large or small, grieve so deeply and go to such great lengths to avoid, if at all possible, the dissolution of their formal entity. But does this really have to be the case, or is there another way? Now maybe I'm making too much out of all this. Perhaps you were saying, oh Kurt, it's just the circle of life. I get that. And I don't think I'm an anarchist. I do understand the helpfulness of some structure in living life together on this planet with businesses and governments and such. But still I wonder if we can perhaps imagine a different way to exploring faith and community apart from incorporating, having keys and alarm system, or professionalizing spiritual leadership. I don't know, my friends. Like I said at the top, I don't have any answers here, 
only questions. One thing I'm convinced of is that these are questions worth asking. Thank you for listening to this podcast, and remember that you can check out more of my takes on faith, social justice, and pop culture, along with other life-inspired musings by visiting www.curtelewis.com. If you enjoyed and benefited from this and other publications featured on my website, would you take a few minutes to show your support? First, you can share it with your friends via social media, text message, email, word of mouth, pigeon bird, cave art, whichever you prefer. Second, if you're listening on iTunes, take a few seconds to subscribe to this podcast and to give it a positive review. Lastly, you can help me to continue to produce these podcasts by making a monthly or one-time financial contribution. Click on support on the website to learn more. Again, thanks so much for listening.